I don't like election years. Presidential, you know, the every four years. And uh, I remember the last one, um, how conflictual it was. And, uh, and mostly uh, the reports that I received from the people, you know, whether they were coming to confession or they're just talking to me, Father, you know, uh, I posted something on Facebook and now, you know, I have all these enemies and all this, this hatred or, um, you know, relationships between family members is not just strained, it's broken. And uh, the same thing within marriages, the polarization. And so you might say, well, Father, you know, stop preaching on politics, you know. Well, I want you to know, I mean, it's, it's really important because the church has something to say about reality that speaks to large issues which are not particularly partisan. Remember, when the church talks about any of its church teaching, it's to the entire world. And there are plenty of countries that have multiple, multiple political parties, many different uh, areas of the world that have a completely different sort of um, uh, setup as far as their, their politics. Because I know that whenever I talk about something, we tend to see it through the lens of politics. Oh, he's a Republican. I'm not. Oh, he's a Democrat. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually a, a staunch independent. I belong to two things in my life the priesthood, and the Journey fan club. That's it. Thank you. That's it. It's, I'm not even lying. That's not even a joke. That's true. I mean, it's kind of a joke that it's true, but it is true. Um, so when I, my, in my interest, I'm doing a setup here for, for a reason because, you know, this is going to be going on for a number of weeks. My interest is really culture and the philosophical foundations for why we look at the world the way we look at the world. And then, of course, people can extrapolate that and see how that impacts politics. And I, I think this can be helpful, but, but particularly as it relates to what does it mean to be a Catholic, and a Catholic this year, of course, we hope everyone votes who can vote. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of political parties who'd like to um, even raise the dead and get them to vote. But let's just, you know, that's mostly Chicago, right? Isn't that the joke about Chicago? As a Green Bay Packer fan, there's always jokes about Chicago, so. Okay, so, let's start here. The, the Lord is telling us that we need to stand for objective truth. There are certain things that he has conveyed, and, and namely we hear you know, in the second reading about some of the commandments. And the Lord has given us these, this moral code because it's true. Objectively true, which means it's true for everyone, everywhere. That murder is always wrong for everyone in every culture, everywhere, is one example. It's the easy example. However, if you look at what has happened with culture, and I've hit upon this in different ways previously, but I think it's really important for us to understand. We really live in what people have come to call a post-truth world. And what that really means is a world that does not believe in objective truth. 
We live in a world that believes in subjective truth. Namely, I can define reality for myself. I can define myself as I want. You know, um, I can be a Catholic who never goes to church and that's okay. I can be a Catholic who basically doesn't do anything that a Catholic would do, but I'm still a Catholic, is one example. To which point you say, well, what does it even mean then to be a Catholic if, if there's nothing objective? We live in a world that looks at human nature in the, in the same way now. Human nature is subjectively constructed. All right? we're, we're told that an individual, no matter how they were created, no matter their DNA, may self-define their reality and, and, and their own identity that it's independent of, of how they were created. Now, of course, the church position on this is clear, but no matter where you land on that issue, you might say, well, I'm okay with that. You might say, I'm not okay with that. No matter where a person lands on that issue, the fact that this is a main uh, mode of thought in our culture has consequences, which is my point, all right? If the individual can subjectively determine everything, then we lose any sense, of course, of truth. Truth is never anything independent of ourselves, all right? And what happens is we become more and more frustrated. So when we look at our, look at our culture, and I think this year it's, it's, it's ramping up to be even worse than four years ago, the, the discord and and the anger and the frustration that people have. And I, I, I've really been trying to think deeply about why is it that people are so angry at each other merely because they disagree about a candidate? It's okay to, where we've lost this idea that, you know, you can be friends with a Democrat or a Republican. You can be friends with somebody you disagree with. We've lost true tolerance. And we've been told that you have to be angry at each other Part of this is the manipulation of, of politicians. They want that. Because if they can pigeonhole us into, into these different camps, they know they're going to get our vote. And so they do it intentionally. But also, if, if the culture has lost any sense of truth, objective truth, then we have this sort of cognitive dissonance between what we see and what we're told. Now, I'm going to use an example, and it just, it's, I think, the most poignant example of this in recent weeks. There was a report on CNN, and a reporter is standing there, and everything behind him is burning, and the caption reads, mostly peaceful protests. This is not a commentary on anything beyond that reality. That <laughs> the world is burning and the report is mostly peaceful protests. Now, if I wanted to, to say that, I maybe would have turned the camera. But they didn't even think to turn the camera, you know, away from the fires. And that fills us with a cognitive dissonance because it says, wait a second, what I'm seeing is different from what I'm being told. And that becomes incredibly frustrating. When reality 
seems obvious in our experience, but then we're told by others that, in fact, what you see is not what's actually true. What you experience isn't true. We will tell you what is true. And you cannot disagree with that narrative, right, or you will be punished. The, uh, the Italian philosopher Gianni Vadimo, postmodern philosopher, so he's a guy who, who believes in subjective truth, He made the assertion, has made it many times, that objective truth, the assertion of objective truth is an act of violence. Now, I disagree with him, but it's important to understand where this line of thought comes from. To assert to somebody else that X is true is an act of violence upon them because the presumption is that only an intolerant and hateful person would ever assert something as true. So, if I assert, which I will until I die, that abortion is always wrong, it's always murder, as the church asserts, then somebody who disagrees with me or believes in a subjective world will say, well, that is an act of violence and intolerance for those who disagree. And this creates then this tension because what happens is, you know, if you're on this side of the aisle or that side of the aisle, you hold to a position that the other one is telling you, not only do I just disagree with you, but you're a hateful and bad person for holding that position. If I hold the position that the only truthful marriage is a marriage that's done by God, namely a traditional marriage, and all other marriages simply aren't really marriages, This is the church position, and I completely agree. I'm a hateful person, but I'm not a hateful person. And in fact, I have a number of friends who are gay, and family members even. We all do. Do you remember the the old adage? Some of you you old folks know this one. (laughs) Now you're mad at me too. Love the sinner, but... Hate the sin, right? It's an adage because it makes sense. You know, and even in that second reading, we we hear about, okay, these things are wrong, but the model is always love. Love fulfills all of it. So we we should always be able then, or we we should say, look, God has revealed to us certain truths, and as Catholics, we're going to hold those truths, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. The culture... Instead of holding to love the, hate, love the sinner, hate the sin, has become love the sinner and love the sin. Love the sinner and endorse the sin. And if you don't, you're hateful. But again, a cognitive dissonance because most of us aren't. Another cognitive dissonance, um, this one's going to be controversial if the other ones weren't. Um, you know, with the, the George Floyd uh, killing, which I, I think was, was a crime, I think is a crime, but of course we got to wait till, till hopefully justice is done. I have never seen, you know, the, a lot of times with the police killing, there's all kinds of controversy and people wonder, well, what really happened? And with that one, I've never seen more unanimity 
I've never seen more people say, that was, that was murder. That was just absolute. How could that not be wrong? I've seen more support and less racism from the majority of people over that. And yet, people will say, well, that happened because of, because of racism. And not just because of that particular racism, but because there's widespread racism in America. When actually the very event itself demonstrated unanimity of perspective. We're at the place we are because people are just massively confused. The more secular a culture gets, the more it relies on the subject to determine truth the more it relies on each individual to determine truth, and the less it depends on God to determine truth. And the more unhinged we get from any kind of objectivity, the more crazy things get. So, for instance, if you're playing a game, I played baseball growing up all through high school and stuff, and, you know, I mean, imagine one inning, three strikes and you're out, and the second inning, five strikes and you're out, or for each batter it's different, you know, like playing a game with a kid, you're playing like shoots and ladders or something with a kid, and that kid keeps changing the rules to try to win. That was my sister. That was probably me. But you know how it is, the kids, they just keep changing the rules because they, they want to win. And you get frustrated because there's nothing, there's no truth to hold on to. Well, it's the same thing for reality. When we stop believing in any kind of objective reality, or divine truth giver, the world becomes unhinged. You might say, well, Father, what's your solution? Well, you know, I, obviously the solution is Jesus Christ. Obviously the solution is truth. But I, what I would like to really try, and I've, I've, said, I've mentioned this before, I understand out there there's just all kinds of discord you know, Republicans can't be friends with Democrats and, or liberals and conservatives or, you know, whatever. But it doesn't have to be that way here. We can create a culture where we can, you know, love Republicans and love Democrats and even independents. <laughs> Why not? Why do we have to believe what we're being told, that we have to be enemies, that we have to see somebody else as not just different in opinion, but as a threat and as an enemy. We don't have to believe that, and we don't have to live that way. This is not how the Lord wants us to live. In fact, in that gospel today, he talks about when we have discord with another, to go to them and just talk to them. How many times, you know, you, you try to settle something in an email or online, and it never gets resolved. But then you, you see the person, you meet up with them, and you talk to them, and all of a sudden there's a human relationship. And you realize they're not evil. They have a different opinion, and I disagree with them. But it's okay. You see, this is civilization to be this way. This is true enlightenment. We will never improve our culture by more violence and hatred. Violence begets violence. Martin Luther King knew that. He knew that for his communities, the path toward true freedom was not going to be through violence. 
John Paul II knew that with the onslaught of communism in Poland. Violence would not give them liberation. It never does. It never does. It breeds more violence. And I don't know what we can do about the world, but I know what we can do here. And I know that we can be kind and loving, truly tolerant and respectful. And even though all the liberals are over here and all the Republicans are over there, or <laughs> but I guess it's the other way if you're coming in, right and left, um, it doesn't matter. What matters is our humanity, the dignity that each of us has from our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what makes us one, that's what makes us united, is Jesus Christ, our God, who objectively gives us truth and loves us.